Hey everybody, let me tell you about today's sponsor for our episode. The Brewer's Kettle has locations in High Point, Clemens, Wilmington, Kernersville, and Lexington. This is the premier bottle shop in those towns and those cities. They are the place that not only that we record at for most of our podcasts, but it's the place that I shop at when I'm looking for something special, whether it be wine, whether it be North Carolina beer, or cigars from all over the world. They are the go-to shop. They are the place that we frequent the most. And heck, even David's been on one of our podcast episodes. So if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and check that out. And if you find yourself in one of these areas, swing on by. The staff and the owners are some of the nicest people you'll meet. And they will help you out with all your wine, cigar, and beer needs. Take it from us. We know. We've been doing this for quite a while. And couldn't be prouder to have them as one of our sponsors. So thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers, y'all. Hey everybody, check, check, check. One, two, one, two. Good. Alright, we recording. Beer was never meant to be bougie. Yeah, sometimes it's sour, sometimes it's sweet. That's right. Am I chairman too much noise for it? Stop. Okay. Well, I just want to make sure because I was like, I can hear it and like. If I can hear it, they can hear it. If I can hear it on there. Now you have to listen to the episode to hear if you can hear it. What's the name of the podcast? Just NC Beer Project. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Pretty easy. Short, simple, to the point. We'll edit all your stuff out. Tasty. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, hey, we're going to get started here. I just wanted to say thank you to Ben and Janae from Forgotten Rodales. Uh, they have been so gracious enough to show up, come, come all the way out here to the big city of High Point, uh, and be guests on the podcast. I've been really looking forward to having them on. Uh, they have a fantastic story, a very interesting story, um, a very deep story and complex, I'd say, um, compared to most. Uh, even though he's never listened to the podcast, he swore to me he'd listen to this one, which he probably won't either. Um, but, you know, I'll hold him to it, and uh, I'll ask him every time I go to the brewery. And, uh, yeah, so every time I go, I'm usually spending money, so that's a good thing, so you're welcome. So, so what podcast is this? Like this what is, number? What number of podcast? Oh, this is uh, number seven. <laughs> Who is that quarterback that's kept falling in the draft? Because that's what I feel like now. Like, Aaron Rodgers. I'm the seventh fucking pick, or we're the seventh <laughs> fucking pick. Is what this happened? I thought we were going to be episode hey, number one. Not for nothing, but you know the, <laughs> the football jersey of the guy that I'm wearing right now went seventh overall in 2018, and his team is currently four and two. So. Oh yeah, they got rid of Tyrod Taylor. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, they also had Bruce Smith for years. So, okay. hey, I've, been, then, I've um, been a Bills fan since '91. The, one of the Edmund Andre brothers Reed. played for him. What's that? One of the Edmund brothers. Yeah, they, he still does. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, their starting linebacker. Manisna. I don't know if she knows that one. Jermaine she Evans. knows two of the three. Yeah, Virginia Tech. Boys. I remember when they were like this big. You're old. Yeah, you're old. I am. People don't know that. <laughs> I amazed a guy when I told him I was 37 the other day. You're 37. Yeah. I won't tell you how old I am. Well, just my beard is as white as your head. So. That's true. I mean, well, I, should, I should tell you how old I am then. Good news is you're like me. Still a full head of hair. That's true. Just grow it out. I don't want to grow it out. I don't want to be a silver fox yet. I'm not ready for that. But <laughs> when the longer you grow it, it actually starts to hide it. Does it? Because uh, I've grown it. When these curls are just, out, you can't tell. Can't yeah, tell because you're, you're lighter though. Mine's dark. Dark with gray. It's salt pepper. It's, it's not Are you saying it's not beautiful? I love it. 
I mean, look at this hair right here. Mine. Like, but she dyes it that way. No, no that's natural. That's natural. This is legit. Hasn't not been dyed since right before the grand opening, and it was teal at that point. I was gonna say it was like a greenish blue. So. Yeah, this is. So owning a brewery will do that to you. Yeah. Yeah, it was Ben Farrar oh. actually. <laughs> Being that's married to Ben. <laughs> I tell my wife, Nikki, all the time, I was like, you see all these grays? It's because of you and the kids. I've seen <laughs> pictures. That's true. It is true. She doesn't age. No. That she has not aged. She does not. Which she, I, don't, I don't understand. I'm like, I try I to stress her out. I And I don't know what the youngest got from you, but it got like 99% of her. Thank God. Like, holy shit. <laughs> thank God. Everyone's like, oh my God, you look just like your mom. And I was like, thank God. Yeah. She's going to have an easy life then. <laughs> well, she'll be all right. If she looked anything like me, I mean, forget about it. Just hope she doesn't pick up my dance moves and we'll be good. We'll be fine. So, <laughs> all right. So, let's get to know you guys a little better. So, we'll take it right way back from the beginning. How did you guys first meet? <laughs> so, we were at a five-course dinner. Lies. Um, <laughs> Already. <laughs> Lies. We were at the shittiest of shitty dive bars. In Altoona, Pennsylvania. All right. That has since burned to the ground. It was called the Island. Oh. And that's where we met. We met at the classy, classy island. I think we were the two classiest people in the entire place that entire week that just happened to be there the same day. And I was actually on the dance floor. I don't really dance. Ben doesn't really dance. I was on the dance floor with my friend Laura because we were trying to have a good night. We heard some black eyed peas on the radio at another bar. We're like, let's go dance. And then Ben Farrar shows up and he actually comes out onto the dance floor and I actually appreciated his Whoa. knowledge of himself, him being that self-aware that he knew he couldn't dance, but he also wasn't trying to be an asshole. And when he came out onto the dance floor, he just kind of moved enough that it wasn't embarrassing, but it was also like, yeah, I can't fucking dance, but I'm gonna be here and not be an ass. That so. sounds like me at weddings. Yeah. Like I get dragged out there and I know enough to just like, maybe every once in a while, put my hands in the air. <laughs> and then, you know, Nikki always so jokes there, around. There's, there's club dancing Ben and there's wedding dancing Ben. Oh. Wedding dancing Ben is very rare. Like yeah. more rare of a beast than club dancing Ben. But wedding dancing Ben, I mean, we'll drop it like it's hot ass floor. <laughs> like, Can you like, get back up though? Well, I mean, now, now not as much. Like, the knees and hips aren't quite what they are. Uh, hopefully, the VA will continue to take care of them. There you go. It's definitely not what it was. Interesting. <laughs> so, a dive bar in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Now, where is Altoona located for our geographically uh, inept people like myself? Right here. So, everyone can oh, see this because it's a podcast. Yeah, great yeah, job. It's right there. The middle of the state. Just like Burlington, where we live now. Yep. Middle of the middle state. Middle of the state. Yep. Two hours east of Pittsburgh, 45 minutes away from um, State College. Okay, gotcha. So so you guys both lived in Pennsylvania at the time? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. And then just fireworks from there? No, I mean, I was just trying to meet friends. Fucking <laughs> dick. I was trying to meet friends. We disagree on how this all went down, okay. just to be very yeah. clear. Then we had beers the next time we met, and <laughs> then we just hung out every night after that. Well, the third time after that. Yeah. And what's your version of it? Um, Ben obviously chose the most attractive person in the bar. Yeah. It was not a feat to the accomplish. Person, I was also I was the tallest. tallest. I was wearing heels that night, feeling real cute, and yeah, 
Ben totally wanted to date me, which is why he came up to me and talked to me. His variation is, I was looking for friends. So, but, you know, we'll argue until the day we die about that. Yep. Ben and his motives. Yes, 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 yes. Interesting. All right, so you guys go from doing that to where do you where did you guys first fall in love with beer? Oh, first I thought you were going to ask where did we first do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can swear we're not going to go that much. <laughs> fall where did where do we fall in love in, with beer together? Or where was like my yeah? It could be separate, and then so, you know, so, obviously you guys come together. So it's funny. Because I'm drinking a La Folie, uh, and I have a spot for New Belgium in my heart. So for me, uh, the spot that it really clicked, so being in the Marines, I ended up deploying. I deployed early 2005, 2008, and then 2010 into 11. So 2008, we did our workup in 2007, going in 2008, um, out in California. The base little convenience store had an amazing selection of beer. Looking back, like... The end cap, the three foot cap, is like some of the most classic best beers ever. Like they'd have Pliny in there, and we had no idea what the fuck it was. Yeah. Um, so, leading up to that, like uh, a couple of the guys in my squad, like we'd go grab some food, drink some beers, and I was drinking like some uh, the love from Star Hill, Star Hill in Virginia. Mm-hmm. But it, it to me, it's still like it was just the beer at the bar. It wasn't necessarily craft beer. To where we went to a Black Angus Steakhouse on Christmas Eve and drank the bar out of Fat Tire. Really? Yeah. Um, and through that conversation with one of the guys in my squad, with my team leaders, we were talking about homebrewing. So it was like, oh, sweet. Like, I was like, I had no idea. I mean, this is 12 years ago, really, in all actuality. Well, 13 years ago. It's just like, how do I not know this? Like, like I think I'm going like, to get some stuff while I'm on employment and learn how to, like, when I come home, I'm going to learn how to brew uh, but yeah, we drank the brewery out of Fat Tire. Later that night, we ended up in Vegas. It's a whole different ball game. But that was like that was when I realized like, oh shit! Like I really enjoy craft beer. It was the moment. It wasn't maybe when I fell in love, but it was when I realized I had fallen in love with with it. And of course, then came home from um, deployment. I had some like kind of medical stuff, but was was drinking that and Everclear a lot. Because it was a good idea to us, uh, and then moved to Pennsylvania, and then start home brewing. Then shortly after, had met Janae. Gotcha. Um, so that's my falling of love, love story of beer. Awesome. And you, Miss Janae? I really, I t- I talk about it a bit on my blog because I remember just the journey of like you think of beer as like your grandfather's drink that's like you know, the lightest, nastiest shit you can find, which is very true um, <laughs> for my grandfather, who I think the first taste of beer I probably had was a party cup at their house. And yeah. I thought it was, <laughs> I write, I like, I talk about it on my blog, but I, I thought it was Mountain Dew or something. And you taste, you, you take an innocent childhood sip and you're like, no, like this is fucking gross. I'm never going to drink this shit again. Yeah. So then college comes and I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to drink this shit. Yeah. Um, but I had a couple friends in college who introduced me to beer. My friend Sam and my friend Josh. I remember um, I would dr- just drink light, horrible shit. And it'd be like, here, try this. And it could have been as simple as a Guinness or just something different. 
but it was kind of that stuff that changed my mind and that made me see oh beer isn't just a light lager that is tastes like nothing yeah. um you know beer can be flavorful so from that point forward i would kind of just look to drink different beers and you know my tastes evolve and grew and i just really enjoyed craft beer anytime i would go to a bar i would just try something different yeah so kind of started probably toward the end middle beginning college was all a blur some point in college at some point at penn state interesting interesting so where do people find your blog said blog if they want to read all about your experiences so my poor blog has been neglected we beer long together is the name of the blog um i have not written a blog since we opened a year and a half ago and it may have been another several months before we even opened at the point i had written a blog it still exists i still get views every single day I think I still appear on the first page of Google search results for why you shouldn't drink beer in a frosted glass or why you shouldn't drink beer in a frosted mug, um, which is pretty cool. That was one of like the early blog posts that I wrote, but that blog was kind of my journey of how I fell in love with beer and just talking about beer and um, it's it's cool. At one point, I want to get back to it. I just. I don't really have enough time right now. Right now Running a business. A little busy. A little busy. That's a good thing, though. So, all right. So, Ben, tell me about your first time. Tell me about your time in the Marines. I know you kind of touched on a little bit. You were on three different deployments, stuff like that. Do you want to talk about your time in the Marines? Like, like what's my history in the Marines? Yeah. Um, Like your rank... You so know, I, I were you with, with Janae when you, you were know, deployed? I mean... I got all... No. Well, yes and One no. time. So I joined the Marines in 2002, uh, August 18th, 19th, because I needed some motivation in my life. Um, went through boot camp, graduated... And you were how old? You were like 18. No. I'd have been in college for a little bit, so... Oh. 19. I have a late birthday. Uh, so... I feel like I, yeah, I turned 20 there, turned 21 after the first marriage, yeah. So 20, turned turn 20 just after. So when I checked into Marine Combat Training, I turned uh, 20 then. Uh, I was a combat engineer, so I got to blow up stuff, got nice. to run around with, my time luckily was all division, mm-hmm. so it was all with infantry. So I got to run around, you know, house to house clearing, all that stuff you see in movies, but in the same breath, like I did some. Uh, Sounds like EOD stuff. Well, no, not really. Uh, EOD is EOD. Uh, I understand how they find a lot of the explosives, blow them up, but they they don't like to let other people do that. We would kind of find them and then say, all right, we're going to sit our ass here and wait on the EOD to fucking drive up. Gotcha. Which 2005 could be 20 hours, 2010 was, you know, 25 minutes. Hell, they might be fucking with you. Um, they might be 20 feet behind you. So it just kind of depended. We went went through that. So I deployed in 2005, uh, which was kind of a crazy deployment. So I deployed with a group out of um, Ohio, uh, 3rd Battalion, 25th Marines. So they were another reserve unit. Um, so mostly uh, 
Columbus, Ohio, they had a group out of Buffalo, which was a Kilo company, or there might have been their, their India company. One out of West Virginia and another one out of Ohio, and I can't remember exactly where it was at. And then all the attachments, we were kind of from all over. So some from Texas, some from like Oklahoma, we were from Virginia. A little bit of kind of mishmash because of we were, they were really one of the last reserve battalions to deploy. Gotcha. Because of the way it went. Uh, got hit pretty hard, lost a bunch of guys, lost a guy on my team, you know, all the stuff you hear about war. I got to see the goods, the bads, the ugly. Uh, then I deployed again in 2008, and then 2010 into 11. Those were pretty calm missions. Like I had some guys that were out and about, but more of my rank kept me more on a larger base or running convoys or what whatnot. Uh, so when I got out, I was a staff sergeant in 86, which is very close to our logo. We kind of modernized the rifles around that. Our 2005 deployment, we actually have a beer that will be coming out Veterans Day, uh, news break. Uh, <laughs> hot take. First yeah, to know. Take, yeah. Hot so take. our m 25th, which is a beer that helped us get the funding we needed, the notoriety we needed, along with the pumpkin ale. Um, I say that because When it's, we were homebrewers. Yeah. yeah. So it's homebrewers. So we named that beer M325 to kind of honor those guys. And I don't remember what we, what, what slogan we put on the can, whether it was this is for my fallen brothers or for the Warriors of Task Force. To the fallen Warriors yeah. of Task Force. Uh, well, I think it was to the Warriors of Task Force 325. Because yeah. it really yeah, kind of did, uh, did it for anyone. Um, that, that Whether they went over there and came back or whether they went over there and didn't come back. Kind of just for all those guys, which... We did the initial beer probably three and a half years ago, and someone now has actually done like a Pell or something that's that's uh, kind of in honor of those guys with a couple guys from that battalion. So it's kind of funny. We'll see what happens. But that was like the beer as home brewers M third twenty fifth that we were on the map before that, but that was a beer that became really highly sought after. I remember going to Asheville at one point. We actually went into Wicked Weed, and um, there's a guy that I actually knew there who started the whale yeah. in Asheville. Um, Ross? Yeah, Ross. Andrew. Love Ross. Andrew Ross. Andrew Ross. Andrew Ross. Good, good people. people. Really good people. Really good people. I'm talking um, a lot. i got to get a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yell if I need to. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember going to Asheville. You know, we're three hours away from where we live, and... Ross is like, hey, do you guys have any of that M3rd 25th? I saw people with bottles of that. And again, this is you know well before we opened. And um, we eventually got him a bottle and got him a bottle of something else. Um, it was just a beer that was really sought after. There was actually um, a bunch of the people in the craft beer community, not industry people, but just beer geeks. Um, hosted an uh, like a silent auction type thing for a friend who had cancer um, who's doing well now um, but we had a silent auction for her and uh, people were supposed to bring rare beers from their cellar yep. just to donate and then people would bid on them and that's how they raised money to help her yep. and we we donated some beers from our cellar, and we were, we also were just like, ah, uh, whatever. We'll just throw in a bottle of M third twenty fifth. It went for the most money out of any beer in the entire auction, Holy which crap. was super super cool. 
And now we're really good friends with the people who bought it, but it's just a cool thing that our beer was that kind of sought after or known. Yeah, um, especially that beer, being, yeah, especially being on the homebrew side. Yeah, and that beer in particular. But that kind of, that beer is really, really special to us. And just today I made the final tweaks to the label um, for the can of that beer. And it's, it's going to be, we like to kind of keep everything really cohesive um, as far as like our branding goes yeah. with our cans and the bottles. We really like it to look uniform. We don't really sell it anywhere aside from the tap room with like super seldom occasions. Um, maybe like once or twice a month cans leave the tap room and go to a friend's spot. But um, this beer we just wanted to really make feel a little bit elevated, a lot elevated, and different. So I'm excited for that can label to that's come awesome. out. That's awesome. And for the awesome. beer to come out again. And that's so. going to come out Veterans Day. The plan is to actually re- do a random Wednesday release as Veterans Day. Yeah, we, awesome. all of our releases are usually, our releases are Fridays. Every Friday we release a new beer, kind of regardless. It's yeah. Every single week we have a new beer, but that week... Um, we just talked the other day and we're going to do a Wednesday release that week because that's Veterans Day. We're going to forgo the Friday release, just kind of trying to force people to come in in the tap room on a Wednesday when it's Veterans Day. Yeah. It's a really special day for us. And hopefully Ben gets to sit on the other side of the bar that night. Um, who knows if that'll happen, <laughs> but we like to not have him work on Veterans Day. No, that's good. That's good. It's maybe, uh, maybe some guest bartenders. Yeah. Our niece helps us sometimes which is really great we have another friend who really helped us through the covid closures um, Ruben. 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 he's the best that's great so no it's good to have friends friends like that to help you guys out especially during these weird times that we're in and you know something that nobody really saw coming or anything like that so but i'd like i'd like to be the first to say i'm not i don't the first to say but i'd like to say thank you for your service and appreciate all the sacrifices and efforts you made you know to serve your country and everything like that and Appreciate uh, appreciate all that. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that beer. That sounds like it's an awesome beer, and it sounds like obviously there's more to it than just the beer. There's there's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of emotion into it, you know, because it's not just a hey we made a beer and we're trying to capitalize mm-hmm. on an event and kind of market the beer towards that same event. This is this is for a reason. There's a reason. There's a purpose. There's a story behind it. There's real people behind it. Um, I, told, I think that's a big draw. I told our um, our graphic artist I like to give her some details. Like again, our can labels are all the same. Like regardless of what I love they them, are, by the way. they're fantastic. It's very uniform. It's very military feel where it's kind of everything looks the same. The only thing different is the beer name and the details of the beer, but they just look cohesive. Sometimes people will squint when they're standing in front of the bar, looking behind the bar, refusing to read the menu that That's tells them very precisely what the cam list is. And they'll be like, oh, what all do you have there? They'll look the same. Yeah, yeah, they do. Like, <laughs> just read this menu yeah. right here. Um, but I, I let our graphic designer know um, just a couple sentences of the story just so she kind of knew this beer is something that's really special very to us. Special, like, yeah. um, our design concept for the cans is very similar, but also elevated and more, a um, little more elegant. But I wanted her to know this beer's really special to us. So um, she always does a great job, but 
wanted her to know, like, hey, this is something different. Let's, you know, take yeah. liberties wherever you need to on this can label design. But it's something that's really special to us. So that's awesome. That's awesome. I can't wait to uh, to try it out. And I'm sure there's a bunch of other people can't wait. And I'm sure you'll have a lot of old old heads coming through who who know about the beer already. You know, and trying to get some as well too. So I wish you guys all the success in that because that sounds fantastic. Um, let's see here. So kind of shifting gears a little bit here. Um, you guys are both certified Cicerones. Yep, we are. Ben's debating whether he is or not. <laughs> he has a certificate. I've been to your house. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, you made a photocopy. Cicerones. And, and, Cicerone. uh, Cicerones. So you're both level twos, certified Cicerones. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you guys have been making beer for a long time. And on the homebrew side and then now for the commercial production side and everything like that. So kind of take take people through the journey, right? Because there's a lot of people who start off with level one, which is a certified beer server, and they have aspirations of, hey, I want to be a level two, level three, and maybe one day potentially a level four. Yeah, they're stupid, but they want to be a level four. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are maybe 20. I was going to say, there's the, not many of them. No. 20 think, masters right now. I think now, Joe was the last one out of Sugar Creek to, yeah, to get that. Yeah. There is Wh- one. Wit's been trying. We have one in Charlotte. Yeah. Wit Baker at Whit Baker. Bomb Brothers. Has well, he, taken it, he's and taken he'll it. pass it he'll one get day. It. He'll get which it. He'll be smart super cool because yeah. I'll know one of like twenty-five fucking master cicerones. Um, and I remember him being one of the first actual certified cicerones um, before they had introduced before the third level was advanced cicerone, um, and it just was certified cicerone and then master cicerone. Um, I remember being at a barley wine tasting. I can't remember where it was held. No, we did an all-flavor tasting. At the no, house. I met him before you did. Oh, you did the vertical I was working. It was a Sierra Nevada Bigfoot yeah. vertical. Mm. There were a bunch of cool people that had bottles in their cellar. It was the first time that I had met him, which was kind of neat. Um, I was definitely, like, starstruck because at that point, there were only, like, 2,000 certified Cicerones in the world. There are probably 4,000 right now. Yep. Um... But it was really cool to have met Wit, and I remember that being like a beer geek moment where I was like, cool, this dude knows a whole fucking lot about beer. And um, just listening to him taste through some of the beers that were older um, and listen to was, his tasting notes. Has Wit been on this podcast? Not yet. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Look, you beat Wit, okay? Even though you're number seven, Holy you still shit. beat Wit. Holy you're, shit. You're number seven, but you're number one. There you go. They're baller down there. They are. They do. They do a lot of really good stuff uh, down at Bond Brothers. In case people were wondering where we have Pursuit also, and then he's got Pursuit Ales. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ancillary. Ancillary as well too. Ancillary fermentation. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, kind of take people through sort of really quick run through of like what it takes to go from like a one to a two because that's a that's a pretty big jump not only financially but knowledge well, and taste. You it know, is, it's more it's than not. just off flavoring. So, right? it, as weird as it sounds, there's there's a, some nice study guides out there. So Beer Scholar uh, does a nice... Uh, is a study what, what, guide that's... What's level? What's, what's the true level? Uh, certified Beer Server and then for Certified Cicerone. doesn't have for Advance, even though he is in Advance. If not, he's in he's, Advance. He's not a master Cicerone. now. But I feel like he just wrote the Seltzer book. He might have wrote the Hard Seltzer book. Hmm. Uh, I don't so remember he, his name. Chris Cohen. Chris Cohen. So he, he, he's got a great thing out there that's not a cheat sheet. Like, you're going to learn, but there's some great flashcards. There's some sample tests, and it was 
dollars. I don't know what it was. Completely. It worth was it. well worth it. Because yeah. like going through and reading all those books, like it's a lot. So the certified beer server is just kind of taking their the the Cicerone programs class. It. If you work in beer and you can't pass it, you should question whether or not you work in beer. If I you're agree. getting into beer, it is a good, it's a, it, it's a fantastic yes. stepping stone. Yes. Even the, the certified cistern. The certified cistern is hard. It takes a little bit of time and effort, like doing it all flavor. But in all actuality, for 600 bucks, you can get the study guide. You can do an all flavor class through Cicerone program, and you can take the test. Uh, if you read, you know, Randy Mosier's Friggin' Tasting Beer, Volume 2, or, 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 or Edition 2. Listen to the audiobook yeah. and hear the narrator mispronounce the a names, of names of very common things. <laughs> you know, read the book. It's, it's, awesome. it's, it's tough to go through and do the tastings, but for the Level 2, the certified is a couple all flavors and would you serve this or not. And I remember, you know... Anytime, no matter what level it is, so, so I set for the advance. Uh, so me and Wit actually set for the same advance in, oh, shit, it's been three and a half years ago now, um, up in D.C. Mm-hmm. So we'd done some kind of all-flavored testing together. Sonoma Gang, it's a little bit of a sour. Sorry, that's what beer she's drinking. <laughs> uh, he never so, does this at the so brewery. We said, ever. Well, yeah, Figure it out. It just, what are you drinking? <laughs> yeah, your sour gets to you, so I was just letting you know. Uh, so I set for that, and, and, and it's really the certified twice. But when you ever, whenever you do the tastings, you know that day basically what your score was, which is great. So the certified, I remember us sitting, and we were at different tables trying to figure out what what we had passed and like afterwards it was like how did you get that like no like that should have told you it was this Ben and I took this certified exam together for the first time the first time uh Ben passed FYI I passed I I passed the tasting failed the written she need to have a 70% overall um to pass and I didn't so all the stuff passed the second time it. It's all matters you the, pass. The you study guides wanted to beat Ben on the tasting. Didn't <laughs> fucking beat Ben on the tasting. Took it again, even yeah. though I didn't fucking have to. Didn't get to beat Ben. Maybe one day when we both sit so for the, the advanced, I will kick his ass. The study guides and stuff that the Cicerone program puts out there are amazing. For me, I took one of their like beer style classes, and I wasn't a fan of it, but. When I got when I started studying for the advance, which I haven't studied for in a year um, and a half now, I took a a Roxa beer flavor panel class, which was pretty awesome, easy to do, but it was five days of just straight tasting. Holy so we cow. talk about Master Cicerone. So I remember sitting with Avery uh, at the time from Jester King, who is now <laughs> keeping together uh, up in Chicago in Half Acre. Yep, she moved her there with her. The Roy from Patrick, who is a master cicerone there with um, the program in, in, in writes most of those. But just going through and, and, you know, tasting beers and asking people questions and just tasting more beer and tasting more beer and tasting more beer is really the biggest thing. Like, a lot of that knowledge is just, like, sitting in chemistry class and learning the periodic table. There's stuff you need to memorize, uh, and you're going to have strong points that get you through it. You're going to have weak points. And as long as your strong points are 
a little bit stronger in a weaker point, you're fine. You'd be good to go. Uh, like but that, also, us, that also helps in the brewing side yeah, as well, too. It does. Uh, so for, for, for really both of us going through and, and tasting beers and drinking our beer, drinking other people's beer, it's not that it helps you develop a recipe. Like, even going through brewing school, like, developing recipe wasn't the big thing and what they talk about. But you understand what those ingredients are in that beer, and you can adjust your recipe for it. Like um, the old lady pumpkin ale. I remember like that be- that recipe is eight years old. There's a little bit of hop. There's a little bit of hop tweak on it. The grain, or excuse me, not the grain. The, the spices are always post fermentation, so okay. they're salted. Yeah. So we, I do it to taste. So whatever I'm feeling that day is is where it's at. And where I want it to be, which it's normally a three or four day of adding some seasoning as we go to get it to where I feel it should be that year. Nice. Uh, but, you know, tasting 8, 10, 12 pumpkin beers, which I remember she wrote a blog about it. And, like, you know, I'm a basic bitch as a white dude. I love <laughs> He buys pumpkin. Like, Cheerios, yeah. pumpkin, granola you bars. You love it, huh? That Every beer. fucking really? pumpkin thing yeah, that exists that in a grocery we went store through. Ben comes home with first. That beer we went through a lot of... It's the of, ginger of, beard. It is. <laughs> we tasted a lot of pumpkin beers and, and, and tried to find what were they doing, what are those ingredients, what malts do they call out, and you could slowly start to kind of pick out. And you can do that with a lot of beers because there's so many either clones out there or the brewery just tells you what grains are in it. You're like, ooh, that's in this, but it's not in that. That's the difference I'm getting from it. So the same thing kind of applies to Cicerone is you taste more and more beers. You just understand it more and more. Especially yeah. like... We did a little bit of blind tasting through the pandemic, and it's it's a fantastic thing to do. Sometimes it's just tough to just sit there and drink fucking beer and, and yeah. pick it out. Sounds but, like a hard job. <laughs> it is. It's mentally fucking. It's tough to turn. It's around. Mentally taxing. That's. Uh, I drink so beer the, all day. the Roxy class I took was that was the thing I learned was I'm able to turn it all. And there's occasionally well she she picks up certain all flavors better than I do. And, I'm better and, than him is what he's trying to tell you all. She'll stop drinking it and I'll be like, I, I'm not even thinking about it. Because <laughs> I'm just I'm just rolling. I'm just drinking the beer, like I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm getting some of the, the stuff and I may pick up that all flavor, but it's just like You're doing it for science. It's just well no, at that point <laughs> I'm just I'm drinking, I'm in the situation of, of why beer's there, you know, community, all that fun stuff where it's like it doesn't matter. The beer's the the beer's bad enough. I will not drink it, but like, if you fucked your beer up that bad or your draft lines are that bad, like something's wrong. Because after we took the certified cistern test the first time, we went to a local bar. The first and beer we had, literally directly oh after. They had a lot of pillow. They had dirty, sour draft lines. And oh. I was like, "Taste this!" And she was like, "Are you kidding me?" She looked back and I'd killed the beer. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. "At this point, I don't care." Whatever. <laughs> but that's just because I needed to, to to numb the pain from the <laughs> test. But now there's times where it's just like like. I, I mean, I'm drinking the beer, I'm enjoying the beer, but I'm not. I'm not trying to read the beer. I'm not trying to understand the beer. Like, right. like I get the nuances, I get the taste, off. I get right. the flavor. Can you turn that off? No. no. It's it's always something <laughs> that you're just like up oh, diastole. Yeah, I mean, oh, God. like drinking the one, yeah. the first beer that I had today. Yeah. Um, just a li- it tastes a little oxidized. It's not even that old. I thought it was older than it was. Ben looked at the date. He's like, no, it's only from this month, but. It, some some New England IPAs or IPAs in general oxidize really quickly. Yeah. Um, and we've had that happen. 
And this was one of them. So although I feel like our New England's or our IPAs in general take a long time to oxidize, which is really great because I don't know the science behind delaying the oxidation of them, which, you know, New England's are, or IPAs in general are the most sensitive of styles in that you just need to drink them shortly after you brew them. Um, the fresher, the better. So. Yeah. I mean, you guys put, when you guys were hand labeling all your stuff, cause you were, you were hand canning it, crowling it and then Stop hand, running. hand labeling. Fuck that bullshit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stopped all that. Y'all got a, y'all got a canning line now. Y'all went high tech. Um, but you guys were putting drink by dates and everything. And it yeah. was like a week or two tops. So we did two we weeks. Did, we, well, we went to a month. We went to a month. Did Eventually, you? Okay. and yeah. it was only for a little while that we went to a month and before we ended up finally ordering legit labels that we didn't have to handwrite 12 fucking thousand labels. I was going to say, y'all were brave doing that. Yeah. It's, it says Rainbow Sherbert. He's talking about but the beer we're drinking. It's For all almost, the podcasts, yeah. it's almost <laughs> viewer. It's listeners. almost as on point as the the Untitled Arts. Uh, Untitled Art Cotton Candy. Cotton Candy, like it tastes Absolutely like cotton candy. Phenomenal. It tastes like yeah. Rainbow Sherbet. That's awesome. This is yeah, Prairie really Rainbow good. Sherbet that have I'm drinking cotton candy? currently. I have not had the cotton candy. Which I have candy. had, and it's fantastic. Nikki really likes this one. The cotton candy. It tastes like cotton candy. Drink right. the cotton candy. I'm gonna 100%. find it and drink it. If not just find cotton candy. Yeah, uh, either way, I'll, I'll find cotton candy at some point. Process the sugar. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what we all want. It's fantastic. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. Check us out on Instagram at nc underscore beer underscore pride or on Facebook at nc beer pride. If you're liking what we do, you can check us out on Patreon. If you'd like to buy me a beer, patreon.com slash nc beer pride. If you're listening on to iTunes, you'd be kind enough as to rate the episode. That really helps us out a bunch as well, too. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll check you guys out in the next one. Cheers, y'all.